morning and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. Maybe you're listening on the internet. Maybe you're listening on the app. I don't know. But what I do know is that it is a beautiful Tuesday morning and you are listening to The Breakfast Show with Lawson and... Robbie. Robbie. Not, to- not Lyle. Not Lyle. Robbie. Celebrate! <laughs> <laughs> we kicked him out. Yeah, that's right. Nah, we gave him a day off because yeah. it was his birthday yesterday and he still did radio. So Actually, if he got to come in because he's old now. <laughs> <laughs> his wife is here, but he's not. But she laughed. She did laugh. <laughs> she thought it was funny. Robbie, what are you grateful for this morning? I'm grateful that my regular car, because I'm in a hire car at the moment, mm-hmm. my regular car is not as smart as my hire car. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I'm grateful that my car is not so smart. Why? What, what's wrong with the car being smart? I got smart? this car. I won't mention the brand, but this car is insane. This car yeah. has got so much tech in it. Yeah. And it's got this feature, and I don't know how to turn it off. Actually, I'd lie. I turn it off, but it keeps turning back on every time I start the car. Uh-huh. When you're driving the car, if it comes to, the, like, if it thinks that you're sort of going out of the lane. Oh, yeah. It's got lane assist. It, no, the steering wheel kicks in and pulls you back into the lane. Yeah, lane assist. Yeah. That's horrible. Is it a Kia? I can't say. It is Kia, isn't it? it? <laughs> I'm telling you, I feel like the thing's trying to kill me. Nah, that's that's normal. How's it? Well, welcome to new cars. How is that normal? Every time I turn a corner, it thinks that I'm trying to <laughs> run off the road and it's trying to steer the car for me. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Uh, but we have come into our, you know, some, some, a set where we're going to be, a section where we're going to be covering some news. But before we get into it, let's have our 100 point clue for the quiz. All right. So this is my first time ever doing this quiz, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. So I'm going to try and do this right. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm going to give you a number. This is the number you want to text on for the quiz. The uh-huh. number is 0491 uh-huh. So here's the question 100 points, I'm told. Yes. Seems pretty easy to me. Yeah, that's why it's, it's 100 points, entry level. But 100 points is a lot of points. Anyway, here's the question. <laughs> the question is this. What prophet tried to destroy God's call to preach to Nineveh, but was waylaid by a giant fish? Wow. Okay. What's the name of the dude? What's the dude's name? Yeah. He got, 100 points. He got... Delayed, waylaid. It says waylaid. I've never used that is, word in my life. Is that like but, a pun or something? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a word. Okay, it's so a word. It got caught up, something to do with the giant fish, and it couldn't go and preach in Nineveh. Hundred points. Yeah, that seems so easy to me. Yeah, that's that because it's one hundred points. That's a lot of points. Anyway, if you know the answer to this question, text it in oh four nine one oh six four double six nine. And if you do know the answer, you can either net yourself a Faith FM bookmark. And or bumper sticker. And or or you can get your 100 points on the board, sweep your way through the quiz and win every single prize. Um, in other news, oh man, you know what's so good? I didn't get to share my, my grateful section. What are you grateful uh, for? But I'm grateful that I get paid um, to go and, you know, do things like play basketball with people. Really? Yeah. It's the greatest thing ever. Man. I yeah, never, you, you guys, you guys need a career change. No, no, but um, <laughs> oh, essentially, oh, I just like 
I, I and I've shared this a number of times on on the breakfast show. I my my other job, I work at a local university here in Newcastle. Um, basically, working on campus through the chaplaincy department, we're doing kind of student support, but ultimately our role is to teach people the Bible right. and lead them to Christ. And um, you know, whilst we're doing that, we interact with some of the other clubs. And uh, my my colleague, my coworker, her name is Hannah. She's a Japanese girl, and me and her go to the Japanese English club. Wow. which is a group of Japanese and non-Japanese people who are interested in Japanese culture. But then at the end, and, and so I go there with her. She's like, our kind of, she gives me street cred because uh, she's actually <laughs> Japanese. And we go and, and hang, hang out with the people there, spend time. We've already made some like really good connections. In fact, someone that she met there um, is now living with her. So it's just like wow. really amazing kind of situation of getting to know these people. But then afterwards we were like, hey, like, and this is, you know, the club had finished. We had all left the room. I think... They were like making origami or something. And then I was like, hey, let's go and play basketball. And then we played this game of basketball. And I'm wearing like, like vans, like just, you know, just kind of like flat, almost dress shoes, jeans and a t-shirt. And everyone's just wearing like just random clothes. And we went hard. We played like 30 minutes of basketball. I think we played to like 30 or something, like 30 points. And it was like, it was just good. It was good. It was good exercise. It was good to sweat. But it was amazing to spend time with a bunch of uni students. And, and yeah, like the result is we get their contact details. We're like, oh, do you want to spend time with us? Do you want to? And, you know, that ultimately leads to, hey, do you want to learn about the Bible? Wow. And they say yes. So that was incredible. I had just a really, really, really good experience yesterday. Um, and I, I've talked a number of times on The Breakfast Show as well about how I love watching basketball. But I've like... I haven't played a game of basketball literally since I'm like since I was like 15 years old. And then I was I was on the court getting it done, you know. Um, so it was it was really really fun. Um, but in other positively different news, okay, on the show, Robbie, if yes. you didn't know, on the Faith FM Breakfast Show, we stand we stand for some things and we stand against some things. All right. So one of the things we stand for is Jesus Christ. Amen. We we love Jesus. Very good. You keep your job. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually, this is Robbie assessing us. For those who don't know, he's the content manager here at Faith FM. So, you know, he's the content manager. I am content. And, and I manage so, content. And he's, ma- so that's right. That's this right. Is he's actually managing a, this us. This is a, actually a work assessment right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So we stand for Jesus. Very Amen. good. Very good. But we stand against invasive species. It's something that we've talked about a few times on the show. Right. And we hate invasive species. Uh, Lyle has this big thing against cats, like particularly wow. like feral. He, he just hates all cats. But it's Statistically just- speaking, 50% of our listeners love cats. Probably. And they, they let us know when, okay. every time Lyle brings it up. Um, but <laughs> what I'm going to talk about today, oh, well, because cats, like feral cats, are very much an invasive species here in Australia. Lyle covered that last week, actually. Um, but another super invasive species, oh, that just gets my blood boiling. Like, I oh, can see it, man. Your face I is going red. struggling uh, with this. So, actually, this little bit of backstory, when I was about, like, I think I was like eight years old. We had an above ground pool that, that dad had built in the backyard. We lived on like a little bit of acreage, like four or five acres. Mm-hmm. Dad had built this above ground pool. It's the middle of summer. Me and my friends are hanging out in the pool and I put my hand over the edge to pull myself up, up out of the pool and put my fingers directly on a wasp's nest. Oh. And I get like stung like four times across the my fingers. I'm like eight and just like bam, 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 bam. And then I like get out of the pool and run to my mum and I'm like crying and like... 
<laughs> and literally ever since, I've been deathly afraid of, of wasps and hornets. Like, Don't come to my house, man. Any fly, dude, any like kind of flying, not all flying insects, but like when I see that stinger on the back, I'm like, I literally just stand there in fear. Um, but also like, cause wasps and hornets and whatnot, I guess they have their application. They kill flies and, you know, partially pollinate. They're not quite bees. And I guess they're just jealous or something that they're not as good as bees <laughs> uh, because there's a specific breed of wasps. They're called murder hornets um, or Asian Asian uh, giant hornets. And they have kind of migrated up into Europe and over to North America as well. And literally all they're doing is, like, attacking Firstly, attacking bees and killing them. Mm. Um, they're, they're, you know, hugely depleting bee populations. Um, I saw there's like this really famous video online where it's like, um, I think it's like 100 murder hornets versus 10,000 bees. And like these 100 murder hornets take down an entire nest of bees. So it's really, like, it's intense. Like they're huge, firstly, like for, for a hornet. Um, and they're also incredibly strong. And so it just like what they just wipe bees out um but secondly um yeah they're also like attacking animals like just just attacking everything and they're they're not really pollinators they, they can't just like replace bees they're just angry and mean and lame and they they're terrible and we hate them because they're no an honey. invasion yeah there, there's no honey <laughs> so we we hate them because they're an invasive species um but uh some researchers in the united states have come up with a plan. They're from the University of California uh, in the kind of UCLA, San Diego. They've come up with this plan where they've been able to manufacture the scent, the, like the pheromone, the mating pheromone that the queen gives off, okay? Mm. So the queen gives off a mating pheromone near the nest and then, well, in the nest, um, the queen gives off a mating pheromone and then all the, the males kind of fly in um, and mate with the queen and then make more babies and expand their nests and expand their population and whatnot. Now, researchers have been able to devise and, and create this pheromone. Um, and they were doing it for the purpose of being able to capture them so they could research them. But they found that it was incredibly effective. Like, if especially the closer to the nest that they put this, like, pheromone, like, they could put it, you know, maybe, say, like... I don't know, 50, 100 meters from the nests, the the wasp would get confused and just all fly to to this trap. So basically, we have a solution. Wow. You know, and and so, like, we can just put these pheromones down and take them out. Sounds like perfume. Yeah, well, that's essentially how it works. I, I think, like, a lot of animals kind of function that yeah. way. They have, like, you know, dogs go on heat or whatever it may be, and they give off pheromones that attract, like, an, a partner. Um, they, they do the same thing. So now, yeah, we have a method to take them out, okay, guys? And we need to take this opportunity. Um, you know, like, <laughs> so, it's, it's so funny. It's like, so passionate. Oh, this. dude, it makes my blood boil. Like, I, I just, I see wasps and I get mad and... And I'm just like, man, we, we have an opportunity, guys, to, so so that we can save the bees. Because we need bees. We don't need wasps. Obviously, we don't want to make any population of any animal go extinct. But, you know, it's to the point where they need they need culling because yeah. they're just taking out the bees. And that is not good. Um, in the last couple of uh, seconds that I have, I wanted to talk about a new uh, species of frog that has been found in South America in the, uh, the tropical Andes. Uh, it is called... Hyalinobactrachium mashpee. Say that backwards. No. <laughs> Hyalinobactrachium mashpee, and it is completely see-through. 
and you can see everything going on in there. You can see its heart, you can see its liver, you can see its digestional tract, and it's like beating and everything. It's like really, really cool. So if you guys want to see it, well, just look up see-through. See-through I would Google it, but I can't spell it. Yeah, highline your backtrack, your mashpee. Uh, You guys can give that one a go. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We've come to uh, more current affairs and current news, but before we get into it, give us the 200-point uh, clue 200 for the point quiz. 200-point quiz. All right, 200-point quiz. What did Isaac's elderly mother, Sarah, do when she was told she would give birth to Isaac? What, would she, what did she do when she was oh, told? Oh, wow. 200 points. Mm-hmm. If you know the answer to this question, text it to 0491064669. So the question is, what did... Sarah do when she was told she was going to give birth to Isaac. Mm. And I'm pretty sure for 200 points, you can win 200 points, the prize is a issue of Signs Magazine. It's a great magazine. It comes mm-hmm. out of Victoria. Uh-huh. It's really well done. You want to get it. Uh-huh. So answer the question, text it. Yeah, that's right. You can either win that prize or get your uh, your points on the board. Continue to work your way through the quiz. 0491 All right. What is going on in the world of, uh, of of current news? What's happening around the world? Man, it's this is my first time doing this, and uh-huh. it's seriously depressing. <laughs> I, I, I looked at the news. I mean, you guys told me pick out some news, uh-huh. and I looked at today's news, and it's it's just bad. Like the first thing I saw on the news, like everyone's seeing it now. You've seen the footage. Is the plane crash in China? Yeah. Mm. I mean. I saw the video of the last seconds of it, and it is horrible. It's yeah, like it's nosediving. Mm. That's pretty sad. Then there was another big article at the moment is that there's this young girl from Western Australia. She's driving with two dogs across the state, and she randomly gets assaulted by some dude following her 600 k's from anywhere. It's pretty really? pretty sad stuff. The, look, the, the amazing thing is that the guy thought she was dead and took off. And she was only unconscious. Ten hours later, a truck driver comes along, finds her unconscious with her dogs by her body, or she's still alive, pours water on her face and she wakes up. Then she gets in the car and she drives herself to hospital for three hours to the closest hospital. Absolute amazing that this girl is still that alive. Is insane. So that's another big story happening at the moment. Uh-huh. But then this one, this one, this one's uh, this one's shocking. This one comes from Melbourne. Okay. Your area. Yeah, my area. The news article this morning says that stabbings have increased by 50% in Melbourne over the last weekend, like last two weekends with the Labor Day holiday. 50%. Really? And when I read, read the whole article, this is um, data put out by the Alfred Hospital, which is like the big trauma hospital in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that they have never seen that many. They're actually calling it alarming increase of stabbing injuries they've never seen this many injuries and the, the crazy thing is it's people aged 15 to 30 uh-huh 15 to 30 yeah when i was 15 i wasn't stabbing people <laughs> or getting stabbed or getting stabbed wow i was you know maybe back chatting pushing <laughs> and shoving maybe a bit of schoolyard yeah. punch-ups and things but knives yeah and so the police in the article they talk about how this is this is really really unusual behavior in Melbourne, which is a good thing, right? It's unusual, but yeah. the fact that it's it's increasing, and they're saying we think it's because people because uh, it, it was all it was all connected around festivals, 
Oh, wow. And so okay. they're thinking that it's connected with people being, you know, disconnected for so long, lockdown and all this stuff, and now they're back together in festival and community environment, and people are losing it. Okay, so... Mm. I, I can only say, like, because the community environment is so amazing, right? Mm. Like, in general, like, community, yeah. we are in such need of community, and that's why I go to church every Saturday, and that's why, you know, I join a small group every Friday night, and that's why I play basketball with my friends. Like, we are in such need of community. But Absolutely. it seems as though, like, is is this talking about more the influence of negative community? Like, Yeah, like, they, they mentioned communities of gangs. That's obviously mm. not a great community to begin. Mm. It's talking about gangs getting involved with music festivals and celebrations and things. Wow! And so they're, they're, you know, they're trying to provide these places where you know people get together, they hang out, and they're having fun, listening to music and stuff like that. Mm. But it goes wrong and it goes south pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And so, like the police are saying, here, look, there's a number of factors why they think it might be happening, but they think that it's um, there is a there's a toxic sort of mindset happening amongst that demographic, fifteen to thirties. Now, I'm mind, reminded of a Bible text um, that says, this is Jesus speaking. He says that as things progress, you know, as the world gets older and and the differences between right and wrong get more diverse, like the separation gets mm-hmm. more diverse, he says that lawlessness will abound. Mm-hmm. And the reason why he says it will abound is because love will grow cold. Yeah. And you know, if you think about it, what what especially what Melbourne's been through in the last you know two years, we've been separated from people. Mm. We've been you know, locked down in our houses. And many times, you can't go more than five kilometers from your house. You can't see friends. All this sort of stuff, and it's like the love is growing cold. Mm. And it's quite it's you know, it's for, from a person who works with as as you do works mm. with communities of faith and, and help people with depression and anxiety and things like this, it's it's really um, alarming that the way our society has gone, especially these last two years, has just fed straight into this really toxic pool of negativity and mm. depression and so on. Yeah, so much so that like community, which is something that is so supposed to be such a blessing to people's lives, is now ruining people's lives. It's yeah. now creating a culture where people are doing terrible things to each other. And it makes me think like, uh, as he quoted there, you know, uh, lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold in, in Matthew 24, and then it continues on. It's like, but he who endures to the end will be saved, and exactly. this gospel of the kingdom will be we'll preached in all, all the, the nations. Yeah. You know, it's like this idea of in response. And yes. this, is, this is something that, this is an idea that we see, you know, in Matthew 24. We also see it in the book of Revelation. Like it's, you know, you read Revelation 13, and it's like the first beast, second beast, antichrist, control of the world, new world order, like, Everyone being killed who's trying to truly, oh, yeah, they're, they're yeah. not allowed to buy and sell, like, all these really, really intense things. And then you've got God's response. Yes. You see that kind of in a, in a micro sense in, and, and then a more, ex- in Matthew 24, and then a more expanded sense in, Absolutely. in the book of Revelation. And it, it seems as though, like, our response has to be to, to hearing things like this, like, reaching these people with the gospel. Yeah. With the message that Jesus loves them and has saved them. I always love, like, especially those passages you just mentioned, when the bad stuff is shown. It's like God leaves us with that hanging, like a little, let that sink in for a second. Yeah. And then he says, oh, but I win in the end. Yeah, that's right. And there's that picture of triumph in yeah. Revelation 14 and so on. Uh, totally. So, so, yeah, that's some stuff happening around Australia. But here's one more article I want to share with you real oh, quick. Go for it. This one comes from America, and it came uh-huh. out last night. And this one is really interesting. There was a poll conducted that asked Americans 
This is the question. If you, as a being American, if you were in the same position as Ukrainians are right now, as uh-huh. in the conflict happening there, would you stay and fight or would you leave your country? So this is Americans being Interesting. asked, if what's happening in Ukraine happened to you guys here, like say the Mexicans invaded or something, right? Would you flee to Canada mm-hmm. as refugees or would you stay in the US and fight? Mm-hmm. I was shocked, man, at the answer. Really? The response was only 55% of Americans would stay. Uh-huh. 38% said that they would be on the first train, first car, first plane out of the country. <laughs> now, let me put this in context. That's 125 million Americans that would flee their country. Mm-hmm. That's that's like how many Australians w- would flee? Like You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a massive amount of people who just, just get up and go. Now, here's the interesting thing about the article uh-huh. is that the people who did the research... They can, they're asking themselves why. Why wouldn't it be like 90% of Americans? America mm. is the most patriotic country on the planet. Totally. Why would they just get up and run out and leave? This is what they think. They think because of the divisiveness of society over sure. the last like, 10 years, people don't know what America stands for anymore and they don't feel like they're connected to the values of the country anymore mm-hmm. and so they'll be prepared just to leave. That's right. Oh, 100%. Because I'm thinking like that, that line, like 55% stay, 45% leave, like... I'm like, there's probably a very heavy, heavy correlation to political alliance. Like, yeah. cause that, that's how America's divided. Like, it's really split in half. I was also looking up just then, uh, according to a, uh, <laughs> a report that was done, 44% of Americans have a gun in their household. So I'm <laughs> like, the well, one there's, <laughs> there's some correlation there with the one saying versus, yeah, <laughs> versus the amount of people who have guns. But um, I, I just thought, like, it's interesting, you know, the old saying, divide and conquer. Totally. And society oh. is being divided, and mm. I think we're being conquered. Wow. So I'll leave you with this thought. Let's come back to community. Amen. Let's grow stronger together. Mm-hmm. Better together. Better together. Yeah. Amen. Oh, that is that is a beautiful point. Wow. I, th- I think there is such a need here to come back to Christ, ultimately. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, because it will lead us to, to be stronger together. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM positively different uh, but right now we have our uh, interview section we're about to get into our interview but before we do we're going to have another clue for the quiz so for 300 points what is the clue i'm pretty good at this by now oh you're, yeah. you're really getting there robbie 300 points you get the prize is a pocket sermon i mean imagine having a sermon in your pocket that's right that sounds amazing that you can give to 300 points okay so here's the number 0491-064-669. And uh-huh. here's the question for 300 points. How many precious stones were part of the breastplate worn by the Old Testament priests? Oh. So how many precious stones were a part of the breastplate worn by the Old Testament priests? 300 points. Their prize is the pocket sermon. Here's the number. 491 Yes. See, I told you the questions would get more difficult. Like, yes, they started off yeah. easy, but... Uh, it's pretty easy. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> we also want to encourage you, maybe you're listening along today, and we basically have a, you know, a gentleman's agreement with the quiz, and that is that if you're someone who uh, attends church regularly, try and write in an answer from memory, you know, uh, but if you if you don't consider yourself a regular church attender, so you're not going to church every single week, we would say, hey, we give you we give you liberty. Look it up in the Bible because we just we want you to know this stuff because it's fantastic biblical 
knowledge. But right now, it is time for our interview, and we have across from us, uh, introduce yourself. Hey, so my name is Shanna Duke, and yeah. I'm here with you guys today. Yeah, you are Shanna Duke and you are here to be interviewed. And we're just going to be covering uh, you, your life, um, and specifically how you came to know Christ. But I guess we can start with, so so what do you do with yourself, Shanna? What are you doing now? Yeah, so at the moment, I've just started a new role at the North New South Wales Conference Office at the, for the Seventh Avenue Church. And yeah, I'm working in the Youth and Young Adults Department. So just assisting them and oh, yeah, wow. making that run smoothly. Helping the kids. Yeah, it's great. Ah, that's amazing. And so awesome. You're, you're, you're working in ministry uh, at the moment um, in an administrative level. Uh, but we'd love to cover. So, you know, what has your journey been from, you know, did you grow up Christian? Mm. Uh, did you grow up in a Christian home? What did that look like for you? Yeah, so um, I grew up in a Seventh Avenue home, Christian home, where we, um, yeah, had God at the center of our family. We had mm. family worships. It was, yeah, something that was talked about. Like, just a very common thing. Um, when I was about seven, though, I just, I don't know, there was, like, this program happening at church, and it was called Praying for the Holy Spirit. So every week, no, for one whole week, everyone came to our house, and we prayed, we watched sermons, and we just, yeah, made this community and got to know mm. each other. And from that, I saw that it changed my mom and my older sister's life, and they had started reading their Bible every morning. And mm. I was like, if they're doing that and that's changing their life, or well, I want to be part of this. Mm. So at seven, I made the commitment that I was going to read my Bible every weekday because, wow. you know, that was easier than on the weekends as well. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. You, you you draw a line there. You're like, okay, I'll give some, some days for me, some days for God. Yeah. But, um, but, oh, but that's a very noble aspiration. You're like, hey, I want to get to know God better. Mm. And how did that end up going for you? Yeah, and I think that's, that's when it started becoming a habit. Uh-huh. And... Yeah, there's there's been times where it's been up and down. It's been hard to understand sometimes. I'm like, what even is this book even trying to say? Because I, I think I tried to read through all the Bible, and there's some there's some curly books in there. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely gave me a love for God and for the Bible. And at that young age, I decided I'm like, I'm going to be a missionary when I grow older. And I was like, I'm going to go to South America. I've never been to South America because God's given me opportunities in Australia to work for Him. Praise mm-hmm. the Lord! But um, yeah, it gave me a, des- a desire to serve God and oh. want to serve Him for the rest of my life. Wow, that's powerful! So from such a young age, you're encountering God, you're having an experience with Him, like a genuine heart conversion of, "Hey, this is something that I want to do," which I definitely think is an evidence of of God really working in your life. What would you say? was the result of that? When did you start really seeing like, you know, and, and as you said, you had aspirations to be a missionary. Mm. Um, how did, how did that kind of begin for you? Yeah. So I like back at that time, like I, I knew I wanted to be a missionary, but I knew that I also had like so many things that I was struggling with. Like I hated my brother, like <laughs> he was younger than me wow. and he took my place and I was like, why are you taking my place? I had a lot of jealousy happening there and I was very discontent. I always wanted to do things that we couldn't do. And like at a young age, I was realizing that I, I couldn't do these things by myself. Mm-hmm. And so that's when, as I was reading the Bible and seeing like a different picture that I, yeah, I was asking God, Hey, help me with this. I don't know what to do. Um, mm-hmm. And so through those times of working through that, I was able to go to scripture and find promises to help me through that. Um, yeah, so it was obviously groundwork first before you can do bigger things. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, God opened doors to get involved in other ministries as well, mm-hmm. which was very exciting. 
So what did that look like for you? Yeah. Like get going on the ministry grind? I know that like, yeah, a lot of people have felt that calling and, mm. and it's looked, you know, whether it be pastoral, whether it be Bible working, missionary work, literature evangelism, what was, what was that step for you? Like how old were you when you were like, okay, now I'm going to put in that work for God? <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that like before I jump into that, the main key thing that I feel like my parents always taught me was that be faithful in that which is least. Mm. And so that, that principle is really what started us. So like, yeah, we did, we did service projects and, you know, there were people moving. We didn't even hardly know them, but we went and helped them move. And, mm. like, as a young child, that's what we did as a family wow. and with mum. And we'd, we'd build a house for someone who was a missionary overseas and different things like that, just trying to help out. But when I first individually, personally got involved in specific outreach, um, I it was 2012, uh-huh. and I went to a two-week program where we learned how to do literature evangelism, which is in the title, sharing literature, books that have changed our lives, door-to-door in the community. Okay, so... So you go around door to door and you give away books? Yeah, on donation basis. So Oh, oh okay, yeah. nice, 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 nice. Okay. <laughs> it helps us keep doing what we're doing and yeah, it also helps people yeah, value what we're doing as well. And so I guess like that's a very intimidating thing for a lot of people <laughs> just to walk up to someone's door and be like, Hey, I've got some books they're about christ like yeah. like how how was that i was it were you nervous in that experience or <laughs> yeah i remember they clearly told us like you have to memorize this this thing to say and i'm like yeah nah we'll be fine we'll just go talk to people we get to our first door yeah nah that didn't work too well <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> so yeah no there's been so many like i've done that for the last yeah for a couple years in a row there and there's been so many different people you meet which is amazing i love meeting people and just talking to them about their journey but there's just yeah it's crazy the questions you get and the different things you have to answer and it makes you go deeper in your own walk with God as well because there's things, yeah, you wouldn't think about normally. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're doing literature evangelism. You said you started in 2012 and knowing that you're a similar age to me. So what, <laughs> like you were like, what, 14 or so Yeah, at the I time? think I was 13, 13 when I first learned, yeah. Ah, okay. And then so so from a young age like that, you're, you are out in the community <laughs> sharing Jesus with people. Yeah, well, I studied it on and off from then, but then when I when I was sixteen, I I jumped into it more full time. Okay. Sixteen, seventeen. So, so from sixteen years old, you're full time going around meeting people in communities and giving them books. Yeah, I guess I guess that's what happened. God opens opportunities when you want to serve Him. I guess that's amazing. Could you highlight like any really powerful stories or or things from that experience? Because I'm sure for doing it that long, like there's God would have really been working yeah yeah um i think the the main one that stands out to me is that i was um in geelong we, we do canvassing we they call canvassing programs and we do them with young people training other young people how to do it and this territory in geelong is quite challenging um not as many people open as other places but um it was near the end of the program and i was really struggling with meeting people like no one was really interested we were getting low sales compared to anywhere else we've ever done it and I'm wanting the team to have a good time and I'm not even being able to have a good time and I'm meant to know what I'm doing. Anyway, I finally, on like the, sec- on the last week, I met someone, I met my grandfather. I didn't even know that he lived there. Oh, wow. And yeah, I, it's a compl- complicated story. But yeah, I met him and it was just crazy how God orchestrates divine appointments, we call them. Mm. Um, and different experiences like that just show what God can do um, and who Wait, can so, meet. So you met your grandfather like, how do you, did you know it was him? Had you seen him up to that point or? I I think I'd seen him when I was really little, but I didn't remember him at all. Oh, okay. So yeah. And so he didn't really remember that, us that well either because he had a stroke recently. Mm. Um, but yeah, he was, he, we had connected, he bought books, he came to church that next Sabbath wow. for the first time in like 20, 30 years. Wow. Um, 
yeah, and I think the fact that God can help you meet people that you never would have met, mm-hmm. I think that's probably one of the biggest things I like about that work. Yeah, and I, I you know, I think it's it's interesting. I've actually I've been in a circumstance before where I've heard people criticizing literature evangelism, saying, oh, what, you just give someone a book? Like, people might buy books and not even read them, but then there are countless, of sto- countless, literally thousands of stories mm. um, of people receiving this literature, um, these books that are about Jesus, reading them, and their lives being completely changed and transformed, you know? Yeah. They hear something that they've never heard before. It, it touches their hearts. And, uh, like, these stories are... are Everywhere. It's fantastic. If you've, if you've had an experience like that, 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you've interacted with uh, Christian literature like that. So you're in the midst of, of your life journey. You're, you're, you're selling books. You've purposed in your heart, like, this is what I want to do. Um, how long does that continue for? Like, how, how long do you stay on the literature evangelism grind? Mm, so that was about four to five years mm-hmm. of um, doing that specifically. And then... Yeah, then I got involved in a health ministry. Um, oh, okay. Did that for a year. And then, yeah, I did a local missions training program, which is a Bible training course last year, and then jumped into the Bible working. And yeah, now this role here. So. Okay, awesome. So you've just gone kind of just jumped around in all kinds of areas of ministry. I love that health ministry, <laughs> uh, which which is an incredible blessing, uh, not only to, to be a part of, oh, well, not only to receive, but to be a part mm. of as well, I'd imagine. Like, how, how did that come about? Like, what were you doing there? Yeah, so the same team that I was doing literature evangelism with, they took on a project to have, yeah, to work at a health retreat. And so, yeah, we took people in and it was really powerful. The program's called The Maker Heals. Mm-hmm. And so it's not necessarily about pampering as much and just going to a health retreat, but it's also about learning about who made you and wow. how you can take care of yourself and yeah, let the God who made you heal you as well. Holistic so, health. Yeah. I love it. It's physical, spiritual, mental. That mm-hmm. is incredible. Okay. So you, you know, you've gone from there to doing uh, LMT local missions training um, to be able to work effectively in communities, reaching people and teaching them the Bible. Um, and then now, how did you end up here in, in our local offices, um, you know, helping youth? Yeah, so I finished up my six-month um, contract doing um, Bible working last year after LMT. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I was just praying about what should I do next. And I was looking at different op- options. And I guess I like administration sort of stuff. I've done that a fair bit throughout my time doing canvassing literature evangelism. I've done the books for them and done PR and all that sort of stuff. And so, yeah, I was like wanting to get into administration sort of things and yeah i've just been talking to people and figuring out where the needs are and yeah just wanting to be useful where i can and god opened this door about three weeks ago um so yeah then i came you up and moved down into the promised land of newcastle and Uh now you've been blessed ever since (laughs) praise the lord hey we have about a minute left do you have any kind of thoughts to share with us or you know maybe reflections on your personal journey um yeah you'd, you'd love to tell us yeah i think the main thing I'd want yeah, to leave with everyone is just that like we can't give what we don't already have. Mm. And so if you're wanting to give, if you're feeling God calling you to give and give your life to service, you can't give what you don't have. So mm. go to the source of that spring first, and that is Jesus in my life. And whenever I felt discouraged or felt like I'm not sure if I can keep going or I don't know how to talk to the next person I'm meant to talk to, I don't know what to do, um, 
yeah, you go back to Jesus and he fills you and becomes that spring for you so that you can keep giving. Mm. Oh, amazing. Shannon, thank you so much for, for sharing with us this morning. And if you, if you feel compelled, you can stay around with us and we're, we're going to get into the Bible study. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.